You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. For those who are new today, we've been talking about a sermon series on prayer for the last month. We've gone on this journey as we've talked about prayer for the whole month of September. We've got two more weeks left. We talked about in the very beginning of the sermon series, we just asked the question, is prayer biblical? Can we look in the Bible and see if God wants us to pray, if God wants us to communicate with Him, if God wants to talk with Him? I know that's a silly question to ask in church because we've heard this over and over again that we're, we're called to pray. But let's go and look at the Bible, let's look at the Word, and let's see if prayer is biblical. So we went through the scriptures, we saw that, that God wants to communicate with us and that He wants us to communicate with Him. So we said, okay, check mark. Praying is biblical. And if prayer is biblical, then we as Christians, then we should probably be praying. We should have a faithful prayer walk. We should be praying and communicating and talking with God. And as we grow in our Christian walk, as we grow in our prayer life, our communication will get better. You know, I've talked about it before. What if me and my wife, who've been married for several years now, what if we never talked in private? <laughs> might be good, might be bad, depending on who you're married to, I guess. <laughs> but what if at my, we, we talk in public, we hold hands, we, we love each other, we, hey, how are you, babes? Good to see you. Love that. And then we go home, and I go to my room, she goes to her room, and we don't talk for the rest of the week, and then we show back up here on Sunday, hey, babe, grab my hand, come up on stage, love you so much, it's so good to see you. That's, that's crazy. What if we did that with our children? Hey, I love you, Noah. It's so great to see you. I love you being in church with me. Go to your room. Don't ever talk to me until next Sunday. That's, that's crazy. But what about in our prayer life? We show up here on Sunday. We raise our hands. We, we talk with God. We get filled up. And then we forget about him as we walk out the door. And then we show back up here on Sunday. Hey, God, I need to talk with you. But the beautiful thing is that God's grace is so sufficient that he's always here to speak with us. He's always right here, ready. It says, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. To say, hey, God. Hey, Jeremiah, how are you today? What's going on? What can I help you with? What can we pray about? We understand that prayer is biblical, so we as Christians should be praying and communicating with God. The scripture that we've been talking about this whole month is 1 Timothy 2, 1. This is what we've based our sermon series on. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. We see Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, explaining to him about the importance of prayer. And he says, therefore, I exhort, first of all, that you supplication, S, Prayer, P-I, intercession, and giving of thanks or thanksgiving, T. And the sermon series that we're on is called Spit It Out. As we're encouraging you to pray, we're telling you just spit it out. How can I pray? Well, he just explains prayer with supplication, with prayer, with intercession, and thanksgiving. And we've been breaking down those prayers over the last couple of weeks. We talked about supplication two weeks ago and how supplications is praying for the needs that we have in our own lives. That God in this scripture says, hey, I know that humanity is selfish. It's hard for me to pray for you when I'm praying for the same thing in my own life. 
So he says, go ahead and ask God. Ask God for what you need. Supp make a, a prayer of supplication. Ask God for your wants and your needs. We talked about prayer last week. The prayers that God wants us to pray. We've prayed prayers that we want to pray. Now God wants us to pray prayers that he wants us to pray. And we see the disciples, after they hear Jesus pray in the Gospels, it says when Jesus had ceased praying, one of the disciples walked up gingerly to Jesus, probably tapped him on the shoulder and said, can you teach us to pray? Because they heard Jesus praying a completely different way than they had ever heard anybody else pray. And they said, we, I've never prayed like that. You're telling me something completely different. You've got to teach me how to do that. And Jesus doesn't go into this condemnation speech. Oh, you're way too beneath me, human, to learn how to pray to my father like I do. You're way too much. I, I know what type of sins you've done, and you want to pray like me? No. God being so gracious, Jesus being so gracious, he says, Lord, teach us to pray. And we saw in the scriptures, Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, how would be thy name? He just jumps right into it. He just opens up the floodgates to us. He says, well, this is how you pray. He doesn't hold anything back. He doesn't condemn them and say, there's no way. You have to, you have to be a Christian for five years, ten years, or thirty years before you can pray like me. He says, when you pray, say this, our Father who art in heaven. He shows us how to pray. He shows us. We see in the Gospels, we see in the writings of Paul, prayers that God wants us to pray, to have wisdom and revelation in our lives. And this week, we're talking about the third part, intercession. So I've prayed for what I need in my life. I've had my needs and my wants. I've presented them to God. In my prayer life, I prayed prayers that God wants me to pray, how God wants me to pray and talk to Him. And now we're to the point where it's time for us to pray for others. It's time for us to, to pray for other people, other things that are happening around us, intercession. That word intercession that Paul is speaking, is a, the Greek word is E-N-T-E-U-X-I-S. Can spell it better than I can pronounce it. E N T E U X I S. In Texas. We'll just go with that. <laughs> Y'all don't know if I'm right or wrong, so we'll just go with that. <laughs> it's where we used to live in Texas. And it means a meeting with, an interview, converse, com com a conference, a conversation, a lot of C words there, a petition or supplication. A meeting with. Our intercessions. We're meeting, having an interview, we're conversing, we're having a conversation with God and with people. In Hebrews 7, verse 25, the writer of Hebrews says, Therefore he, he being capitalized, talking about Jesus, is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. How many need to be saved to the uttermost? I mean, I need some of that. That's just refreshing right there. Let's start the service off with just reading that scripture right there, that I know the failures, the sins, the shortcomings that I have, and Jesus is making the statement that he is ready and willing, and God is ready and willing to save you to the uttermost. He's ready to go as far as he needs to go to save you. He's willing and sticking his hands out as much as he can. He loves you so much that he gave his one and only son. 
He didn't just look down his rows of sons. It doesn't say that God has many sons and looked at the runt of the family. Somebody called Jesus up here. Hey, buddy, I can't, I can't let the rest of my sons go and die for humanity. Look at them. Look how strong they are. Look how beautiful they are. So I'm going to send you, the runt of the family, to go. No, no, no. It says that God gave his best gift. He gave his one and only son. And whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Let's see the second part of that scripture. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Wait a minute. Is this scripture saying that Jesus is interceding for me today? Does that mean that Jesus is praying and interceding for you today? Not only has he saved you to the uttermost and then wiped his hands free of you. Well, I saved you. I'll see you in heaven. See you later. It says that he always lives to intercede for us. In Romans 8, 34, it says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. There's the gospel right there. Who is even at the right hand of the God at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. If you keep reading in Romans chapter 8, higher up in the scriptures, it also says that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. So we have two out of the three parts of the Trinity that are interceding for us. I didn't do great in school, but I believe that 66% with a repeating, that's passing in my, my book. At two out of the three, we have scripture saying that they're praying and interceding for us. When you think that you're alone, when you think that nobody cares, when you're struggling in your life, when you're going through something and you're thinking, does anybody care? You can go back to these scriptures and say, Jesus is praying for me right now. The Holy Spirit is praying for me right now. He's interceding for me right now. He knows what's going on in my life right now. And it says he always lives at the right hand of the Father to pray for us, to intercede for us. 1 Timothy 1, chapter 5, it says there is a God and there is a mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus is all God, but he's also all man. And there is a man sitting right next to God, and he's praying for us, and he's mediating us to the Father. He's saying, hey, I've been down there, God. I know what he's been going through. I know what she's been going through. I've experienced that before. I've experienced that pain. I've experienced that before. God, I'm mediating. God, help them. Help them. He's praying for us. He's mediating for us. He's cheering us on. says that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And heaven rejoices when someone new steps into the kingdom. So if Jesus and the Holy Spirit intercede for us, I think that we can learn and grow and say, you know what, I should probably be interceding for people too. It's probably something I should add to my prayer Repertoire. We've talked over the last couple of weeks that prayer is a tool belt, that God has given us prayer, something that we can do in the natural to help influence and change the spiritual. We talked last week how we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Just because that person is coming against you doesn't always mean that it's really them. 
There's demonic forces that are uh, going throughout. But we have power over that. We talked about that last week, how we can resist the devil, and he must flee. He doesn't have any other opportunity but to flee when we resist the devil. When we put on the full armor of God, we can resist him, and he can flee. So if Jesus and the Holy Spirit is interceding, then we should intercede as well. In Ephesians 4, chapter 11, I mean, in chapter 4, verses 11, we've heard this scripture before. It's the gifts that Jesus gives to help grow the church. And he himself, once again, it's capitalized, so it's Jesus giving these gifts, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now, I want to help a little bit in a, a, maybe a misunderstanding when it comes to intercessors. Up here, we see that he does not give the gift of intercession. Pastors, teachers, apostles, he gives that to them. And we've heard before that people say, well, I'm an intercessor. I'm called to be an intercessor. And that's great. I want you to keep praying and interceding and doing what you're doing. I'm talking to the other people who say, well, my aunt prays for a bunch of people. Or we know that older person in church who prays all the time. Or the pastor. It's his job to pray for everybody all the time, anytime, all the time. That's, that's the pastor in the church's job. And we've made this position of an intercessor and we've put it on people to almost give us a reprieve to maybe not do it. Well, I know that she prays all the time and she's a part of the church, so I'll just go and tell her, hey, how's it going? I need you to pray for this, this, and this. Um, thank you. Take care. But it's not a gift that God gave, which means it's something that we should all be doing. And if you are an intercessor, please keep praying. We need it now more than ever. I'm just trying to help alleviate and maybe bring some of that burden off of you and place it on the whole body of Christ. That we are all called to pray and intercede for others. If you, have a, if you are deep in your prayer life and you pray many, many times a day, keep doing it. Thank you. We need that now more than ever. I'm just calling each and every one of us to take a step up higher in our prayer life. Say, you know what? I could pray for somebody. I could talk to somebody. I could, when God puts somebody on my heart, I can reach out to them and pray. We are all intercessors. Say this with me. I am called to be an intercessor. Let's make this faith declaration one more time. I am called to be an intercessor. Congratulations, you're an intercessor. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> I now dub you an intercessor. You can now pray for others. You are called to be an intercessor. It's not something, it's not some specific mantle that is just put on something. It's for all of us to go out. The great commission that Jesus says to his disciples, he says, go out into all the earth. He says, go lay hands on the sick. Go cast out devils. Go raise the dead. Go make disciples. Go pray for people. Amen. It's the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in you. If it dwells in you, then you can go out. Lay hands on people. Me and Tommy talk probably once a week. And every time we talk, he talks about meeting somebody in Walmart. And then meeting somebody at the gas station. Praying for somebody, somebody getting healed. Talked about it like two weeks ago. You got a story? 
Go ahead. Yes. Amen. Amen. Every day. If you get a chance, just talk with him. Just ask him. He's, he's doing it. If you say, I, I've never done it before, I've never prayed for somebody, or I don't know how. He's just such a, an amazing example of talking with people, and that as we learn from each other how to pray for people, how to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, how to, how to speak and see things move and change in the atmosphere. In James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. That right there tells us that we're supposed to be intercessors. If you are around someone at some time, outside of church, inside of church, and someone is suffering, he just says, let him pray. doesn't put any, any requirements other than that. If you're around somebody because you have the answer, it is our job as Christians, our calling as Christians, to pull people out of their hell and bring them into heaven. Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So when I pray prayers of faith, it's also the Lord's job who partners with us to raise those people up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. If you are saved, you believe the gospel, Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. He was buried in a tomb. He rose again the third day, seated at the right hand of the Father. You believe that. Confess that outwardly. Believe that internally. You are saved. It says in the scriptures that he who knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. So if you're saved, you're no longer a sinner. You are righteous. And it says right here in verse 16, the effective fervent prayers of a righteous man or woman availeth much. So if you are saved, you are righteous, which means your prayers will work. That's what the scriptures say. We just... The effective, fervent prayers. Strong prayers, the powerful prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Which means we probably just need to pray more. Let's, let's all be honest and agree. No matter how much you're praying, no matter how much you're talking with God, no matter how much you're communicating with God, even me as your pastor can stand up here and say, you know what, I should probably pray more. I need to talk with God more. Because the power that we have as righteous people 
whoo, we can change the world. But prayers are not a performance, but it takes practice to communicate with God. The more time spent in prayer, then the stronger your prayer life will be to affect yourself and others. I've used this example before, that if everybody was talking, like before service, everybody's talking, and I close my eyes, you could probably do the same thing with your spouse or with your children, and you heard a baby scream, everybody else is talking, but I hear a baby scream, I can probably tell you right away if that's my son or not. If you have a spouse or you have a kid, you could probably do the same thing. Everybody's talking, I can hear when my wife calls me because I've taken time to hear her voice. I've taken time in the quiet times to spend time with my son and to spend time with my wife to hear and understand their voice. So when the craziness of the world is screaming around me, when the bills are screaming, when the boss is screaming, when the baby's screaming, when the community's screaming, when all those things are screaming, I can quiet myself and listen for God's voice because in the quiet times, in the personal times, I've been cultivating my prayer life and I've been praying and talking and speaking with God in my own time. And when the chaos of the world is happening, I say, God, where are you? I can just say, peace be still and hear God's voice. But it takes practice. It takes an effective Fervent prayer life for your prayers to avail much. Let me teach you how to get results in your prayers. In your own life and also when you're praying for other people, when you're interceding for other people. Two main things, short and sweet. Two main things. Number one, faith in God. How to get results in your prayer? Have faith in God. That gives you power to your prayers, faith in God. Number two, use the name of Jesus. That gives authority to your prayers. You want to have power in your prayer? You want to have authority in your prayer? Then you have faith in what God said. Remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that Sarah chose to judge the promises of God, that he was faithful to those promises. And we use the name of Jesus. Give authority to your prayers. Let's see. Let's, let's speak with that and see what the scriptures say about those two points. We've, we've read the scripture throughout uh, the time of the series. John 14, 12 through 14. This is Jesus speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, faith in God, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Use the name of Jesus, next verse, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You ask anything in my name, I will do it. Mark eleven twenty two through 24, so Jesus answered and said to them, very simply, have faith in God. I know, but what about this situation? But what about, what about, no, 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 have faith in God. Have faith in his word. Have faith in what he said. Have faith in God. Because Jesus says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, have faith in God, 
but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You want your prayers to be effective. You want your prayers to work. You want to pray for people and see their lives change, see your family's lives change, see your own life change. Have faith in God in your prayers and use the name of Jesus. Let's see a story of that. Let's see a third example. Acts chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. This is Peter and Paul. I mean, Peter going to pray at the temple, and they see a lame man, Peter and John, and fixing his eyes, this being the lame man, on him with John and Peter, said, look at us. So he gave them attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, have faith in God, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Look at verse 12 as Peter is explaining. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? There's something powerful in this scripture right here that we can learn because so many people, whether it's pastors or you go, you don't want to pray for people because you're hesitant. Well, what if I pray for them and God, the prayer doesn't get answered? What if I pray for them and they don't get healed? What if, what if I... And so it limits us from praying for people because we're hesitant because we think, well, I must not be spiritual enough. I must not have prayed and I must not. But Peter makes a very important statement right there where he says, you think that we had anything to do with the healing. But let's see what he responds with was what the healing actually did. Verse 16, and his name, uh, there it is, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Whom you see and know, yes, the faith which comes through him has given him his perfect soundness in the presence of you all. That takes all the pressure off when you pray for people. If you pray the way that God tells you to pray, having faith in him and praying in his name, let God do the work. You don't say, well, I don't know if God, I, maybe God did. I, he just wants to, I, maybe. no, 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 no. I pray with faith in God that, faith, that God hears my prayers because I'm righteous. And because the same power that rose Christ from the dead dwells in me, therefore when I lay hands on people, they get healed, not because of who I am, not because of what I did, but because of the name of Jesus and the faith that I have in that name. And if we started interceding and praying for people like this, we just might empty hospitals. We just might change somebody's life. We just might point them to the answer. We just might show them that God is still on the throne and still willing to show out and show off for his people. Write these down quick. I've got to hurry up. Scriptures that encourage us to pray for others. Here's some things that you should be interceding for in your prayer life. Number one, authority and government officials. God knows they need it. Whatever spectrum of the uh, political parties you stand on, your party and the party way over there needs prayer. 
1 Timothy 2.2 2 talks about praying for government officials. We need to pray for the saints or the body of Christ. Matthew 9.37-38. through 38. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And we read this last week, John chapter 17, where Jesus prays for himself, for his disciples, and for future Christians. We need to be praying for the body of Christ. We need to be praying for our city and our nation. Jeremiah 29, 7. Jeremiah 29, 7. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. It's important that we pray for the place that we live locally and nationwide. Psalms 122.6 tells us that we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that God still loves Israel, that's still his people, and we need to pray for them, pray for their protection, pray for their blessing. We need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Spiritual leaders, your pastors need prayer. I need your prayer. Please pray for me. On behalf of my wife's sanity, please pray for me. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5.25, Colossians 4, 2-4. Every Sunday when I drive to church, me and Noah, he's in the back seat, I grab his hand, and we pray over the church, we pray over the service, and then I pray over my pastor's church. I say, thank you for Pastor Eric and Heather and their church that's going on right now in McKinney, Texas. I thank you for Pastor John and Miss Ann and their church in Duran, Oklahoma. I thank you that their church is blessed. I thank you that their finances are blessed. I thank you that their lives are blessed. I thank you that you're healed and whole. I pray over my pastors and my leaders every Sunday as I drive to church. Please pray for me. Last thing I have, I could list some more, but this is the last one I have listed, family. I don't know if you came, I don't know what family you came from, but I'm from Louisiana, and we got some crazy, some crazy Cajuns. Joshua 4.15. Joshua makes the statement, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I know my family might be away from God. I know my family might not even care about God. But the scripture says that I can pray, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Here's some practical things to do when you're interceding or praying for other people. And you can come up here, I'm almost done. Practical things to do when you're interceding or praying for people. Number one, do it immediately. On social media, we can scroll through and how many people will say, pray for me, say this, I need a prayer, I need to do this. How many text messages, how many people do we walk by in the grocery, how many people do we see at work, how many people do we see in our family where they say, hey, pray for me. All right, I'll pray for you. And then never pray. Never, never do anything, never. We forget, but we're humans. It's okay. I mean, we just, we just forget sometimes. But the best way to pray for someone Instead of saying, hey, yeah, I'll pray for you. I got you. Yeah, yeah we're going to pray for Johnny. He needs, whether you're right there with them or you're at the house reading a text message, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. We thank you for healing them. We thank you for restoring them. We thank you for this. We thank you for that, God. Pray for them immediately. The power of prayer. There's power in your prayer. If we truly believe that prayer could change someone's life, we would probably do it a lot more often. Second thing, pray God's will or scripture over people.
pray scripture over people. That's the importance of why we tell you to read the Bible so you can speak the word of God. How does faith come? comes by hearing. And what are you supposed to hear? The word of God. And how are you supposed to hear the word of God unless you're not saying the word of God or going to church and hearing the word of God? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when I pray over people, I just pray scripture. By Jesus' stripes you are healed. He sent his word and it healed us. Pray scripture. Pray the word and the will of God over people. A third practical thing to do is pray in the spirit. If you speak in tongues and you have been blessed with the free gift of speaking in tongues, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. It's a life changer. Change your life and change other people's lives. It says in, in Romans 8 when it talks about praying in the Spirit, that you're praying mysteries. In 1 Corinthians it says, and you're praying the will of God. Sometimes I get a call, or you get a call, and they say, so-and-so is having an issue. Please pray for him. Well, what's going on? Oh, I don't know, or I don't want to tell you, or I don't know how to pray for that. God, pray for, God, thank you for so-and-so with whatever issue. But if I pray in tongues, it says I pray mysteries and the will of God. I don't know how to pray for those people, but when I pray in the Spirit, oh, come down, down, down. Father, we just thank you right now that you're doing stuff in their lives, ministering, touching their lives. I got you all hyped up, but I'm going to bring you down with this one. Fast. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> Yucky. Not that one, God. Sometimes you got to fast. God shows up mighty when you step out of your comfort zone and into the spiritual. God starts doing things. And nothing is more out of your comfort zone than stop eating. Hey, we'll give you credit. You've been fasting for like two hours. Praise God. We'll, we'll check that off today. You don't have to do it all the time, but sometimes... We see Jesus fasting. We see Peter fasting. We see fasting throughout the scriptures that it's something that we can do to help elevate our prayer life. And the last thing, pray in faith and in Jesus' name. How to intercede for people. These are steps. We've got prayers, our tool belt, but these are just extra things that we can add to increase and enhance. I got a new hammer. I got a new drill. I got a new thing in my prayer life that I can try out this week. I pray for somebody, what I can do to help change this community, to help change this congregation. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word because it came and it healed us today. Father, we thank you that we have the mind of Christ. We thank you that your scripture says that by Jesus' stripes we are already healed. Father, I thank you that it says in your word that we are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. We are blessed where we are right now, and we're blessed in the future that you're bringing us into in the name of Jesus. Father, everything we put our hands to must prosper. Father, thank you that we are the salt and light of the earth, a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. Father, use us this week to be intercessors like you've called us to be. Let us lay hands on the sick. Let us pray for someone. Let us reach out to someone and pray for what you've called us to pray for, Father. Thank you for everyone here. Thank you that they're blessed and highly favored and you're bringing them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you. Next week, we're talking about Thanksgiving and the last week for bringing the books. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you all next week. Take care.
Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.